Welcome to the Blue Stocking Baptist Podcast. My name is Hannah Oliver, and I'm here with my co-host, Esther Faulkner. Esther and I are both particular Baptists who hold to the 1689 London Baptist Confession of Faith. The Blue Stocking Baptist Podcast is an informal podcast for women with intelligent and literary interests related to Christian doctrine and life. Esther and I both have a passion to see unbelievers come to the faith, and so we hope our material will be used for the furtherance of God's kingdom. We also have a passion for equipping women with the tools they need to exercise discernment, and we desire to see more women understand and love the deep theology that is found in God's Word. So on today's episode, we are interviewing um, a woman who goes to Esther's church. Her name is Liz Robinson, and it will be on the topic of technology usage from a Christian worldview. So hello, Liz. Welcome. Hi, Blue Stocking Baptist. It's great to be with you. <laughs> yeah, we're super happy to have you. She's a friend of mine, and um, her and I do um, go to the same church. We're members of the same church, and I'm really encouraged um, to have Liz here today to talk on this to- this topic that's that she's really passionate about. Um, so, Liz, if you would, uh, could you tell us just a little bit maybe about yourself, your family? what you like to do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I am thrilled to be joining you guys on the podcast today. Been a faithful listener since Esther got started with uh, the Blue Stocking Baptist podcast. Um, But as Esther said, my name is Liz Robinson. I am living in Troy, Alabama currently as a part of uh, a church plant is actually why my husband and I moved here a few years ago. Um, And that's Troy Church where Esther and I attend together. I am working as a mental health counselor, um, and I am 28 years old. So I live in Troy, Alabama with my husband, Michael. We've been married for almost six years now. Uh, No kids yet, uh, but we do have a little fur baby named Reese, who is a chihuahua, uh, (laughs) and Reese rules the roost, as Esther knows. Um, What do I do for fun? Gosh, I don't do a lot of things for fun. I work a lot. (laughs) (laughs) but I do like to play the guitar when I actually get some time to do that. All right. Now, Liz, can you tell us about um, your blog, The Good Soil? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So The Good Soil was a little side project of mine that came about a little over a year ago. Um, And so I have always loved writing, always had a passion for that, um, and always had a passion for writing about faith-based topics. Um, And so the reason that I actually got the idea for the blog um, was stemming more from my social media presence. Um, There was something that just felt like it wasn't right for me about a year ago as far as everything that I was posting on. On Facebook, I wasn't actually all into Instagram yet, but I have made it to Instagram at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I I just started to realize that I, I felt like what I was portraying on social media was not accurate for what was really going on in my life or in my heart. Um, and that based on my Facebook wall, uh, it looks like I am constantly on vacation and exercising and doing all kinds of impressive things that are really not my normal day-to-day life. Um, and I had a problem with that when I realized that discrepancy. Um, and so the blog was really a way for me to invite people into just a more transparent uh, view of my life and a way for me to 
uh, just share some of the more important things and the deeper things that God was actually stirring in me that mattered a lot more than uh, what I was cooking for dinner that day. Mm -hmm. So that is how the good soil was born. And what kind of topics do you write about? For the most part, I am writing on faith-based topics. Um, So I have tried to uh, just be incredibly transparent about some of the things that God is working in my own heart um, that I'm learning in scripture um, that are happening to me ministry-wise. But I've also thrown a couple of fun topics in there too, just more lifestyle, uh, you know, travel tips and health-based things and that sort of thing. So a little bit of everything, but it's all from a, you know, Christian worldview perspective. That's really neat. That's really important work. And I think important in today's age. Um, So what specifically made you passionate about our topic that we're covering today on phone usage and technology? So I, um, I have been into technology and into more studying it from a generational perspective for several years. Um, and the reason that that all got started, I was actually in a, I was an undergrad. Um, so I went to undergraduate school at Sanford University. Um, and that was around the time that that unlimited data came out um, and unlimited text messaging came out to be a normal thing. Um, and so what I, what I saw when that happened was uh, just the ubiquitous use um, of technology that was starting to affect all of us. Um, I was really late to the game. In coming on to that, um, as you can imagine, I was a little bit resistant. I, maybe it's just my my natural born pessimism, uh, but most people were excited about about the things they could do with technology, and I was always fearful of what we were losing with technology. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, my first concerns and seeing seeing constant texting, seeing phone usage more out in public uh, was for social skills, actually. Um, and so, as, as I said, I've got, a, you know, a counseling background, a social work background. Um, so I was really concerned that the generations uh, coming after me would not develop patience. Uh, they would not uh, develop conversational skills at the dinner table because, you know, you look at a restaurant and everybody is using their phone and texting. Um, and so I, I was always a uh, just really concerned about um, things from a psychological and social standpoint, uh, the more technology use uh, became widespread. Um, and so translating that into spiritual life, um, some, of the, some of the ways that I start to see that affecting us is, you know, how's our attention span? How's our concentration as far as uh, praying, as far as mm-hmm. reading scripture and, and being able to pay attention uh, for the duration of a church service. Um, and so can, can we deal with discomfort in conversations as far as building community that we're called to build and um, evangelizing and sharing the gospel with people outside of our faith community? Um, and so I, I have always been very concerned for, um, for how technology is going to affect those skills. Mm-hmm. Even just hearing you talking, I'm thinking of all the different negative consequences of technology that could happen that I've never really thought about before. Um, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, technology, you know, all of it is created with great purpose and great use in mind, uh, but everything that is created can be abused and can be misused. Um, And so I've always been drawn to the alternative of what is this going to do to our brains? The more that we use it, uh, what is this going to do to our, our culture and our interaction with each other as it becomes more prevalent? 
Yeah, absolutely. So from your own personal research, how much time is unhealthy to spend on our phone daily? Oh my, uh, that is a really difficult question because there's no easy answer um, and that it's not black and white. To be honest, we're living in a society where phone usage and technology usage is required. Mm -hmm. um, there are places where you need to be able to use your phone to order something or to mm -hmm. pay for something. Uh, for me personally, my, my closest bank is three hours from where I live. Um, I can't deposit a check without using my phone. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so society is, is really set up for us to be dependent on it. Um, and a lot of that time, you know, is useful and is meaningful and, and is not hurting us in any way. Uh, but there are really two criteria that I, I would point us to aside from trying to set a hard and fast time limit. Um, the first one of those things is quality of time on our phone. Uh, so rather than thinking in, in minutes and hours, let's think about quality with the time that we are looking at technology. Um, usually that can fall into one of two camps. Um, so that time can be meaningful. Um, or it can be mindless. Um, and, and one of the things that is a priority for me is to limit the time that's mindless um, and to focus on quality time with technology that I'm actually accomplishing something productive. Um, the second criteria I would put to you, um, just to measure the healthiness of your, your technology use, is your quantity of time without it. Uh, so rather than on it, how much time are we actually setting aside to be without our cell phones, without our televisions? Um, one of the greatest books I've read on technological health is by Andy Crouch, and it's called The TechWise Family. Um, and so he and his family have set a pretty good system uh, for themselves to be without technology in that they do one hour a day, one day a week, and one week a year. Um, I don't personally hold hard and fast to that, but I do try to make sure that at least dinner time, evening times, times with my husband apart from work. Um, those are not cell phone times for me. Man, you see why I had her on here? <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, I'm sitting here listening and I'm feeling, I'm feeling convicted. convicted. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, I'm like, oh my God, I'm not going to talk to her anymore. No. I feel uncomfortable. <laughs> but it's not a bad uncomfortable. It's like, whoa, that really hurts. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, don't be sorry. I think this is going to be a good episode. No, <laughs> I think so. A needed episode. Oh. Okay. So before we um, ask Liz any more questions, I wanted to, we wanted to share with you guys some statistics about cell phone usage because um, we're we're kind of focusing on cell phone usage because that's really what's most common. Um, so let me just give you some, some real quick statistics. So in a survey, 62% of people check their phones 160 times per day. 48 and a half people or percent of people use their phone on dates. 59 and a half percent of people have texted someone that is in the same room as them. <laughs> I'm guilty of that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, but sometimes that's needed. I'm just... <laughs> or text, Secret message. <laughs> or texting husband in the next room saying, hey, can you bring me this? 54.5% of people confess to using or looking at their phone while driving. That, um, I believe that would fall under not loving your neighbor 
as yourself. <laughs> that says confessed, um, though. So yeah, that's, I feel yeah. like that statistic is probably 100%. But yeah. <laughs> They're just the ones who didn't confess. Right. It's just the people who don't own phones who haven't mm-hmm. looked at their phone. I don't really think right. – I think that number is <laughs> <pretty> low. <laughs> All right, uh, 76.5% of people consider themselves addicted to their phone. And what's really um, sobering is the breakdown of, of that. Uh, 82% of women confess to be uh, or consider themselves to be addicted to their phone and 70% of men. So we women take the lead on professing to be addicted to our phones. Um, Ninety-one and a half percent of people feel unle- uneasy leaving their phone at home. Hannah, what are your thoughts on some of those statistics? Well, I thought that the driving one was too low. Um, <laughs> I'm not really surprised that more women are addicted to their phones. Just even being on social media, I tend to see way more women flocking mm-hmm. to the internet, and I do think a lot of it has to do with loneliness but then so then you kind of have is it a catch-22 where people are lonely so then they go on social media but then social media makes it worse and then Mm -hmm. it makes it more difficult for you to have relationships face to face um so i I don't know they're very interesting um i'm i know i feel really uneasy about leaving my phone at home because i think what if there's an emergency what if i get lost what if i need directions like we Mm -hmm. i went to san francisco two, three weeks ago now. And my phone died in the middle of rush hour traffic as we're trying to cross the Bay Bridge to get out of San Francisco. I have no idea where I am. Her phone's dead, my friend's phone. And my charger is broken. And so I had like this moment of, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> like we're in a place like, that I have no real idea. Panic. Yeah, it was kind of a real <laughs> panic of I need, and I had no map in my car. I'm like, I need to invest in a map <laughs> because I don't know where I am. <laughs> And so we drove across the Bay Bridge. I needed to get that far. And then I, I aimlessly drove around until I got in a really scary neighborhood with a really sketch gas station. And I went in and I bought a phone charger because I knew I could not get home <laughs> at all without my phone. And so we made it, but it, it took an extra hour added to our trip to try to find something to charge my phone because I was relying so much on my phone. So I understand that 91.5%. I feel like that probably is low too. It probably is higher, but. Absolutely. So I guess another question for you, Liz, would be what are the primary reasons that we use our phones and what apps are we using? Yeah, so there are definitely some generational differences as far as phone usage. Um, As we all know, the older generations have been a little bit resistant, slower to adapt, Um, but now it's 2019 and they've adapted. Mm -hmm. Um, And so so really we're all on the phone just as much as one another, but it's usually for different reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, There are about four categories that I I would lump our cell phone usage into. Uh, the first one is social. Uh, so as far as built-in apps on your phone, you know, we're texting, we're calling, uh, FaceTiming, and then we've got all of our Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Pinterest, all the things that teenagers are doing that I can't keep up with these days. Uh, so there's your number one category. Number two is, is entertainment. Um, and so here is where we are watching Netflix and YouTube, listening to music and playing a lot of games. 
Mm-hmm. Um, third category would be practical, what I would call. Um, and so things like travel, transportation, mm-hmm. uh, making payments, online shopping, um, finance apps, a lot of things that, that are helpful and necessary, like to navigate the world around us. Kind of like you said, Hannah, in your, when I'm your in story of and now I'm lost and- <laughs> being lost in a panic. Yeah, you needed some practical <laughs> cell phone help there. Uh, and then finally, the last one I would say is for information. Uh, so we're reading, getting news, listening to podcasts, uh, reading articles on the internet, that sort of thing. Um, and so some of these things are more productive than others, mm-hmm. um, but it is more the social category that that zaps up most of our time. Like I would say, obviously, podcasting is the most productive. <laughs> Clearly, that is the best one. If you're going to use your time on your phone, it better be the Blue Stocking Baptist podcast. <laughs> So Liz, what are some signs that we might be addicted to our phone? Addiction is a really important word in that question. Uh, As I mentioned earlier, my background is mental health, uh, and I'm currently working as a counselor. Um, So addiction is not a word that we take lightly. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, there are commonalities and and, and similar symptoms uh, for addiction across any anything, whether it be our cell phone or whether it be drugs or alcohol or sugar, um, you know, we can be addicted to just about anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so what I would give to you just from from that perspective would be the three C's of addiction. The first one being loss of control in the way that you use that item or substance. And the second one is a craving for it. Uh, so a craving for it that's unhealthy or that it, that is uh, causing you to do things you wouldn't normally do. And then the third one is continued use despite negative consequences. Mm. Um, and so as, as we, we mentioned texting and driving earlier, cell phone use while driving, um, absolutely look around when you're driving down the road uh, and then be terrified because very few people around you are actually looking at the road while they're driving. Um, so despite negative consequences and, and all the potential for serious consequences, we continue to do it anyway. Um, so those are the three big ones. And then some other warning signs would be life disruption. Um, and so if, if your cell phone habits or technology habits are interfering with the way that you sleep, uh, your schoolwork or your job uh, or your relationships. Um, and I work with a lot of teenagers who sleep very little actually through the night because they're constantly connecting with friends through group chat, uh, through social media. Uh, they are unable to actually put it down to get sleep that their body needs. Or their phone keeps lighting up as they're laying Absolutely. in Absolutely. Yeah. Crying. And they can't, they can't ignore it. Uh, it's compulsive that you have to pick it up as soon as it goes off. Um, another warning sign would be using your cell phone therapeutically. Um, and so by therapeutically, I mean for relief, uh, for comfort uh, from an uncomfortable feeling or for avoidance of something that you'd rather not do or rather not think about. And then finally, the last one, um, all addiction has withdrawal symptoms. Um, And so, for example, if you are withdrawing from alcohol or from a substance, um, you're going to be angry, irritable. You may have physical symptoms. Uh, You may be tense or even become depressed. Um, And those same things can happen when we go for long periods of time without our cell phone if we're addicted. Uh, We're anxiously wondering what's waiting for us when we pick up the phone. And it really bothers us not to know and to go without it. Um, So these are all really good symptoms of of addiction that are common to other things. um, And they apply to cell phone use as well. 
yeah, that's a lot of things to think about. I'm just, I'm not, I don't really know what to say. <laughs> it's just a lot to take in. But is there um, possibly a sin issue behind phone addiction and what might that be or look like? Oh, absolutely. I would say that there is sin wrapped up in any addiction. I think addiction is born primarily out of idolatry. Mm -hmm. um, and when I say idolatry, I mean putting anything on God's throne as an object of worship besides God. Mm -hmm. um, and so that, that is true when it's food or sex or whether it's Instagram or your cell phone. Um, you know, I always like to quote John Calvin. Um, and so he said that the human heart is a perpetual factory of idols um, so we are notorious for taking good things and trying to make them ultimate things. Um, and culturally, it, it's accepted that we're constantly on our cell phone or a cell phone addiction is an, is an acceptable addiction to have in 2019. Um, but biblically, no addiction is acceptable for us uh, because it's driven by sin. I was thinking the John, the John Calvin quote before you had said it when you were talking, <laughs> answering the previous, <laughs> previous question. Yes. I always go back to that personally. I can make an idol out of anything. Yeah. So, um, when does it become a sin? Okay. Um, so when our cell phone usage becomes sin, um, there are two things I would I would point us to to help us discern whether or not we're sinful in the way that we use technology. Um, and so first of all, um, conveniently, they both start with an R to help you remember. Uh, so the first one is your reasons for using it. Um, ask yourself, why do I want to use the phone right now? Or why do I need to use it right now? Um, am I seeking something from this that I should be getting by seeking Christ? Mm -hmm. um, am I giving something to it that only belongs to Christ? Um, and so that's the first one I think is to assess your reasons and your internal motives for using technology. Um, the second one I would, I would ask that we use to evaluate ourselves are the results of our technology use. Um, so the things that I am doing with my phone, does it help or does it hinder my obedience to God? Uh, does it help or does it hinder my spiritual growth? Uh, I mean, for me personally, there are all kinds of apps that I'm using that actually help me grow spiritually. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm being discipled and gaining information and being reminded by my reminder app to pray. Um, and so these are helpful things to my spiritual life. Um, but you know, there are other times where I'm getting on social media and I'm walking away feeling envious and jealous um, and ungrateful for the things that God has gifted me with because my mind becomes fixated on what other people have. Um, and so we've really got to evaluate that this same little device can, can take us in either of those directions. Mm -hmm. Does scripture teach any principles we can look at to address this issue specifically? A couple things come to mind when we talk about scriptural principles and how this applies to technology. Um, the first one is just to run from sin and temptation. Um, and so we are not called to play with that. Uh, we're not called to, to tame it or to keep it around as a pet. Uh, we're called to kill it and to run from it. Um, and so, you know, there are blatant sinful things that we can do with our cell phone, and we should take a hard stance against doing those things. Um, a second principle that I think is really important um, and I think is, is more dangerous because it's more subtle um, is our wisdom. Um, and so 
in a sense of being wise with the way that we use our time um, and wise with our understanding of life as fleeting. Um, and so a, a couple of scriptures I, I had noted here for us on this one. Uh, so Ephesians 5, 15 and 16 uh, says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that one, the big one for me there is just time. Um, when, when we as the church are called to fulfill the Great Commission, are we more content to watch Netflix for an entire weekend, um, just in the sense of distraction and wasted time. Um, and then first Peter four, seven, the end of all things is at hand. Therefore be self-controlled and sober minded for the sake of your prayers. Um, and sober mindedness is a key word for me there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that with the way that we use technology, are we being sober minded? Are we being undistracted and focused on Christ or are we distracted by mindless media consumption just because it's easy for us to get to. So Liz, how can we set boundaries to prevent sin involving our phones and other electronic devices? The first step to setting healthy boundaries is having the humility to admit that we need them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you research statistics on screen time and what's healthy, everything that you find is about kids. Uh, we are all concerned about how many screens our kids are looking at, how much time they're spending doing it, and how they're not going outside anymore. Uh, that's what everyone is outraged about in society. Uh, but it is not normal for us to be concerned with our adult usage of cell phones. Um, I think the really dangerous assumption is that as adults, we can handle it and we can make wise decisions for ourselves. Um, but I, I think we, we've all proven by looking around when we're sitting at a red light that we don't do that necessarily. Um, and that we actually even put ourselves in danger because we have become so addicted to the screen and so addicted to picking up and scrolling before we even realize that we're doing it. Um, and so first of all is realizing that you've got to have some external boundaries and limits that you are not in control of to actually get yourself to break the addiction. Um, And so there are a lot of different ways that we can set up those limits. Um, If you are an iPhone user, uh, Apple has a lot of excellent resources built into the system that you can use. Um, And so some of those things are screen time limits for your apps. Um, You can set up downtime, uh, do not disturb. Um, And I know, as we mentioned before, a lot of us have, have legitimate fears and reasons that we don't silence our cell phones or we, we don't, leave home without our phones because what if there's an emergency? What if, what if I need to contact someone? Um, there are a lot of features within Apple's, Apple's downtime and Apple's, Apple's screen time monitoring um, that actually help you with that. Um, and so, for example, um, even if you have scheduled downtime where your calls are not coming through, uh, if someone calls twice within three minutes, it does come through. So if there's an emergency call, you do get it. Um, you can set it to where the people who are on your favorites list, they do come through. Um, so that actually eliminates a lot of our fears as to being away from the phone. Um, but I also think besides technological boundaries, uh, we also need to, to give people in our family and actually give others who love us some accountability. Uh, we need to invite them into holding us accountable with our phones. Um, and so that may be our spouse. Uh, it may be um, a sibling or a parent, um, but we need to 
allow other people to say and invite other people to say, I need you to put the phone away and have conversation with me. Um, I feel like I'm missing quality time with you because you're constantly watching Netflix. Um, we need to, to, to establish those relationships where people can actually tell us those things. Yeah, absolutely. What advice would you give to someone who's realized that they are addicted to their phones? Well, first of all, you're not alone uh, because you are probably with the vast majority of people in our culture uh, with a cell phone and technology addiction uh, because it's the norm. Uh, but the first step just in coming away from that is to realize that there's grace. Um, so uh, the temptations that you're experiencing are the same that we're all fighting right now. Um, nothing is unforgivable and you're not too far gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but the second, second step is that you need to take an active repentance. Um, and so uh, when we repent of that idolatry, like we said before, that's addiction, that's worshiping something other than God, uh, we've got to establish healthy limits and hard boundaries to prevent us from going back into it. Um, and we've got to have support in doing that. Um, and so, for example, my husband and I, we, um, one of the things we try to do is to leave our cell phones in the car whenever we go to people's houses or whenever we go out to dinner with mm-hmm. people, uh, just so that encourages us to have real life conversation uh, and it encourages us to sit and appreciate the awkward breaks in between conversation without picking up something just to satisfy our attention. Um, And then finally, I would say, let your addiction drive you to Christ. Um, It's just one more example of your need for him, your need for his grace, um, and one more opportunity for you to learn that all of your needs are actually met in him. Uh, So anything that we are finding in technology, we can find it so much more fully satisfied in Christ. Mm -hmm. So Esther and I first want to recommend a book called Hashtag, Hashtag Struggle, Following Jesus in a Selfie Centered World by Craig Groeschel. Or is it Groeschel? It doesn't matter. Know. Okay. <laughs> I've only read it. go with Groeschel. <laughs> Never heard anyone pronounce that. <laughs> it is about the struggle with technology in today's uh, day and age and um, a great resource that we'd highly recommend you reading. Uh, Liz, could you also give any other books or resources that you have on the subject that uh, would apply to this conversation, especially from a Christian worldview? For sure. I think I mentioned it earlier. My all-time favorite is called The TechWise Family, and that's by Andy Crouch. Um, He is very transparent about a lot of the limits his own family has put in place to to have a healthy use of technology. Um, And so that was a really great read for families, for parents. Uh, I'm not a parent, and I loved it. So uh, really for anyone. A second book I would recommend is by Tony Ranke. Uh, and it is called 12 Ways Your Phone is Changing You. So that mm-hmm. talks a little bit more about like generational changes uh, and a little bit of psychological changes as well. Um, another resource we're going to link is an article by Desiring God. Uh, it's titled Why We Should Escape Social Media and Why We Don't. Um, we'll link that in the show notes. I really liked a prayer that can be found in that article. Um, and, and I think it'd be a good thing for us to close with. It said, Lord, search me, know me, and deliver me from any social media habits that treat digital media as a cocktail of emotional stimulating drugs I I mix for myself. Cure me of this appetite to be seen by men. Kill in me this desire for endless digital acknowledgement. Draw near to me. 
Confront me, comfort me, equip me to love again. Make your presence known to me again as I learn what it means to embrace becoming completely forgotten by this world, yet in Christ, always fully known and loved before your eyes. I hope that those of you who are listening feel just as convicted as I do. I can't speak for us. We do. We do. do. Um, Liz, we're really thankful that you were willing to come on and share what you know about this subject. And yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. I am by no means an expert, but I'm super passionate about helping people have a healthy use of technology. Yeah, it was great. I really, I really enjoyed it. I hope that this episode blesses other people as much as it's blessed me. So we just want to encourage all of you to go and check out Liz's blog. It is called becomingthegoodsoil.com, becomingthegoodsoil.com. If you enjoyed this episode and you found it edifying and um, convicting, please do share this, comment, like it, uh, pass it on to someone you know who would benefit from it. Like Liz was kind of expressing, we, most of us, a majority of us in today's cultural context do struggle with uh, idolatry with our phones. And so I think pretty much everyone will benefit from this episode, even if you're thinking, oh, I'm not really a big phone user, but you could be addicted to the television or a host of other technology that our world is saturated with. So Esther, if you want to close us out. We want to remind everyone that our podcast is only a tool. It's not the church and it doesn't replace discipleship. We encourage all of our listeners to find a local church and become a member. We have resources on our website. We are always happy to help anyone struggling to find a healthy church. Just email us at thebluestockingbaptist at gmail.com or find us on Facebook at thebluestockingbaptist or Twitter at shebaptist. Thanks again, ladies. God bless.